Welcome to the Art of a Messy House podcast, where my house is messier than ever, but I am at my happiest. And the only answer for it is Jesus, where my hope is anchored. Come join me, Jen Kasuda, your host, for faith encouragement, testimonies, and devotionals as I share everyday faith in my real, authentic, not perfect way. There will be stories of humility, kindness, truth, and love as we walk in faith through the everyday relatable moments. As a wife, mom, teacher, and author, I'm learning to embrace this messy but beautiful life while encouraging others to do the same. No matter what stage of faith you are at, you will learn of God's love here and be empowered to walk in your own beautifully distinct purpose right here, right now. So let's step over the clutter together and laugh through the stress, for true beauty is in the art of a messy house. So dear God, please bless this beautifully imperfect mess. Love, Jen. Dear God, why is this happening? So I'm probably going to call this episode God is Love, and it is going to just dive into that question of why is this happening? There has been so many times in my life that I have prayed and asked God and talked to him. And even now from like big things to little things to all the moments, there are so many things where I'm like, why is this happening? from the moments of I wake up, I feel so aligned, I know what I got to do. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff comes thrown at me and just seems like it's just chaos and messy. I pause and in my head, in the midst of the mess, often I ask, why is this happening? And God is faithful. He teaches, he teaches through the moments. And I continue to just lean into that and how he teaches us through everything. And if we're open to receiving it, if we first recognize the need to have to receive it and with our need for him, when we identify our need for God and for him in all the moments and when we seek him and when we listen, when we slow down to hear and listen, God provides. He might not always tell us the answer we want to hear. Sometimes there might be silence. Sometimes we won't understand it. Sometimes we won't understand why things happen. And other times we may be redirected to shift our questioning and our prayers. And just in all of that, this has been an area where it's a continued question in my life. Why is this happening? But it's really shifted. And the Lord has really humbly taught me and grown me through the humble process of sanctification just in this area. And so I remember growing up thinking that God was punishing me every time that something bad happened. And honestly, I wish that I would have known just the simple phrase of God is love, because I think that would have really comforted me in all of my seeking and all of my questions. And I remember clearly asking about this topic of why were bad things happening to good people, right? And I know, I know we are all sinners. I know that, but um, I have always really asked this question. And I think many of us ask these questions where there's so much we don't understand. And I remember being a teenager, a preteen, And even in my early 20s, when I would write in my journal to God, as you know, labeled it, Dear God, I remember asking him these questions. And I also remember that I did not pause long enough to listen much back then. Many of my conversations were one-sided, and we know how well that goes when we are venting and pleading and, and praising him sometimes, too, when all the good things were happening. But I wasn't really slowing down to listen. And if I was hearing things, what I should change, I wasn't really accepting them. I wasn't open to changing. 
And this is like something that I'm sure we all have moments like this where we look back at something we had been praying for and our focus was fixated or fixed on something. Like I remember being a teenager and wanting to, there was a boy I liked and I wanted him to like me. I remember praying for it. And for years I, I prayed for it. And it was like this cycle of like, oh, maybe we'll get together. But then we didn't. And then something else. And then maybe we wouldn't. And I remember, well, first of all, if any of my friends from high school are listening, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And I, re- I also remember finally being in my senior year. And I remember waking up after something had just happened and it hurt. And I remember saying like, that was really hurtful that that person did that. Like, why is this happening to me? why is this happening to me? Why do I need to feel heartbreak? And why isn't things just aligning the way I want them to? And I, I remember in my prayer that night, you know, asking God, and I remember I did listen. And I remember he told me that my prayer was wrong and that I shouldn't be praying for this relationship I wanted or this person to like me. Instead, I needed to turn my focus to God. I needed to change my prayer to what did God want? right? So instead of like my plea to him, like to make this person like me, God was like, why don't you ask for freedom from it? And I was afraid to in that moment because I was like, I don't know if I want freedom from it, which sounds like really bizarre. I did want freedom from it. I didn't want to feel heartache over and over again. But in that moment, I was like so fixated on what I thought was best for me when God really knew what was best. And so I say that because that night I did pray differently. I said, fine, this is really hard for me, God but I want what you want for me. And I don't want to feel this way again. I don't want to feel heartache time and time again. Instead, I want what you want for me. And I woke up and I remember feeling freedom. I remember telling my friends in that moment, oh my goodness, you'll never believe this, but I don't like this person anymore. And I remember them just like, they probably were like, Jen, sure you do. Don't tell us this again. But I remember feeling it. And I remember I just needed to fix my focus. And so I actually wasn't going to share this. And then today and yesterday, this topic of fixing and changing our prayers and sometimes by praying and stepping and truly leaning into what God is calling us to do step by step, not trying to figure out the whole thing, but instead praying in the moment and seeking him for each step, pray, step, pray, step, that sometimes he will change our prayer. Sometimes he will prompt us to change our prayer. And when I thought of this example, it seems like labels are relative what we are walking through. I try to be very careful in labeling something as that was a simpler thing, right? Because in the time it meant a lot to me. I felt a lot of feelings and I truly believe it goes back to God is love. God is love. In that moment, he knew that that wasn't good for me. I couldn't see that because I was fixated and I was focused on what I thought in the flesh was good for me, but it wasn't right? I thought that that would make me happy. That would bring happiness. But instead, God was like, fix your focus on me. Change your prayer. I have more for you. And I think that that is an example of something. And I learned this, right? Through an example of, I can look back and I can see, I can easily see that he was working my good the whole time and that I may not have seen that, but I can now look back and see that. And I can know that. And I am grateful that he didn't listen to my prayer, right? That he knew what was best, that he always knows what is best. And so I think that that is a way to be grateful. And I think that there are moments we can look back, all of us, and just look for those and be grateful. And 
and continue to praise him and say, thank you so much, like for guiding me so lovingly and teaching me, teaching me through all the moments, through the times that I don't have it right, you guide me back and you teach me. And I just so grateful that he always does that. I was just talking to my oldest son about my youngest son and just about how in all the moments, you know, we have to be open to being taught. We have to be open to using whatever we're walking through to lean on into God and to have him teach us because we are always living and learning. We are not perfect. We don't have it all right, but we need to be open to recognizing our need. We need to be open to listening, praying, giving it to God and listening to where he's guiding us and then taking the steps willingly into improving areas in our lives. And that's not always easy to do. It's not always easy to do when we don't know what the whole picture looks like, where we don't understand something. There are so many opportunities, and we've said this before, you've heard it everywhere, not just here, that there are moments that make us bitter or better. And in those moments, we can really just learn to lean into God even more because he understands even the things that are much more complicated than this, because there are so many things in this world we won't understand. But when we can rejoice in the times that God did allow us to see, we can just trust his faithful, loving character. And so as I continue to read the Bible as an adult, even teaching my children that, you know, in in having this conversation with my oldest, we were talking about soccer and how you have to, sometimes you have to be open in order to get better. You have to be open to hearing how you could have done things better in a game or what things you can work on. That's not always easy to hear and we need to be open to hearing it. And so from the coach or from the people that are trying to help us. And so I was telling that to my oldest because I was like, it's not always easy, but I think about how if we don't keep an open mind to where God is leading us or the people he's put in our lives to teach us these lessons or help us, we can get stuck. And we used the example of my youngest son who at the time when we were having this conversation was almost eight months. And I was like, just think about it. If he didn't learn more or pick up on what he's seeing and learning from us, he would be stuck as an eight month old. What would that look like for an eight month old? If they didn't learn how to walk and talk and all those things that they learn from us and they use their senses to learn. And I was just using that as an example for him because he laughed and it just helped him visually see that, that image of that we are like that too. It doesn't just stop at when we're a child. We are in this journey of living and learning and how we have to be open to where God is leading us step by step because otherwise we'll get stuck. And while it may seem silly to think of like that as an infant getting, you know, my son was laughing at that and like, oh, that would be so silly. And I'm like, yes, but it would also be sad if we limit ourselves to what God has for us. And sometimes the things that happen can have us get fixated on trying to figure them out when God already has it figured out. And so sometimes we are not meant to figure it out. Sometimes we won't understand it. And it's hard. Some of the stuff is so hard and challenging and we don't understand it. You know, there are so many times where I have a moment with my youngest and I'm always like, my father-in-law would have loved to be here for this moment. I can just imagine the joy I would see in his face in this moment if he was here right now. And I don't understand why the Lord took him home two days before my son was born. I don't understand that. That is something in this earth I will not understand. I can try to come up with theories. There are a million theories that comfort me. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't understand it. And there are things in this world we won't understand. 
but I don't want things to get me from experiencing the joy of the Lord here. And I want that for my family and I want that for everyone. I truly do. That's the heart of why I share because there are hard messages. There are hard questions. There are difficult challenges. This world is not an easy one to walk through. And yet there is so much to be encouraged by, so much encouragement, so much joy, so much hope. And it's found in Jesus. It's found in God's word. And so as I continue to read the Bible as an adult, I find more and more of God's faithful, loving character. And I see that when I was younger and I had this idea that God was punishing me, I had it wrong. His blocks and his ways of sometimes blocking us from things we think are good for us are not to punish us. The things that happen, he's not punishing us. But he loves us and he knows what is best. God is love. And so I'm going to read 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, where it says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love dries out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. God is love. I know now that there's hope in the hard, the hard things. There is hope because Jesus is hope. And I know that God can turn things into good. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But why? Why does God allow the trials to happen? I don't know everything. We won't know everything. I won't try to know everything. I've said this before, but I put it into the compartment of God. I do not understand, but I trust you. I'm learning through these difficult conversations and topics that they get me diving into the Bible more and seeking God more and seeking him deeper and learning his words deeper. These were conversations I always would have with my father-in-law. And where this message even came from was a time where this question was really brought to my attention a few times. People have asked me this question. And recently there was a period where this question came up in different ways and forms. And so whenever that happens, I write it down because I'm like, this is something I need to understand more. Yes, there are things we won't understand, but I'm being prompted to learn it more. And so I would always call my father-in-law if something like this happened, a conversation would come up and since um, he passed in August of 2022, I found myself in the moment of reaching for my phone to call him and yet I don't have him to call. This time I sat and I just reflected on how grateful I was to have him in my life for almost two decades. And then it had me thinking of what would he have done in this situation? How would he have answered my question? Because I asked him hard questions and I don't think he was always ready for my questions. He was very much part of my journey in diving into God's word and learning his word. And like I've told you before, he, during one of the the deepest, darkest valleys I ever walked through, he was by my side pouring God's word into me, but in a way that was so loving and so piece by piece, step by step. And now I look back to the moments of silence that he had around me when I would ask him the hard questions. And I really believe that he was pausing to seek God's word and to seek the Holy Spirit to guide him to know what to say to me, piece by piece, not to overwhelm me, but to make me know that God is love and to lean into that love. And so in this moment, if someone asked him a question like this, he would have paused to seek wisdom. He would have prayed for the Holy Spirit to speak through him. And it's interesting because 
when this topic came up and I was seeking answers, more answers, just a word of encouragement about this topic, I didn't intend for it to become an episode. I actually intended it for me to be filled with God's words so that I could respond to people in a way that would bring truth and love. And so it was interesting because I didn't have him to reach out to. And it reminded me of a conversation we had had in earlier in the year in 2020 and how this topic and his thoughts had changed and just the conversation of the Old Testament and the New Testament and just this idea that God is love, that not just the idea, this truth that God is love. And so this time, I, not having him to talk to, I prayed for God to align me with the resources and even a person to chat with. And interestingly enough, I reached out to two people who in the day where I felt like I needed to seek God for this message and this question, those people were unable to talk to me. I believe that I was left with no one aligned in that day to speak with because it got me seeking God more. It got me in his word more. I had two Bibles out. I had this resource out and I was praying. And honestly, I know now looking back, that's what he wanted from me. He wanted me to come to him, his presence and his word. And so this is what came from me seeking him in that moment. I believe there are things we do not understand in this world. I'm sure you believe the same. I'm never going to try to understand another person's relationship with God either. It's not my place. I am not God. I'm not going to try to be God. And I don't think any of us, we have to be really careful about trying to do that. That's why it's so important as believers, we lean into the Holy Spirit to guide us with what to say and what not to say. Sometimes we do more speaking and showing love through our actions and when we keep our mouth shut and allow God to do the talking. When we pray and once again, (laughs) allow God to do the talking. I am learning over here. This is part of the whole conversation with my son, my oldest, about how God takes us on a journey of learning and we need to be open to learning. And I am learning this. I am learning that for so long, there was uh, chains on my voice. There was chains holding me back. There were strongholds keeping me from talking. And I will share more about that, like where there were parts of my life and situations where I honestly could not speak. The anxiety held a heavy weight over my mouth. And I will eventually, like I said, share about that. But then once it wasn't there, I felt this release and it was almost as the time continued on, I was like, there's so much I want to say. And I'm learning there's a time and a place and I need to tame my tongue because I am not always supposed to speak. We are not always supposed to speak. So anyway, had a little sidetrack there. I did feel prompted to say that though. So it wasn't me going wild with my words, but we're never going to understand another person's relationship with God. And that's not our place. And there are so many things we're not going to understand here. And I'm not going to say that I'm going to give the answers to everything. This is just the word that has come on my heart through the seeking of God in these questions. In heaven, one day we may understand, right? We'll be able to come to him and ask if we still even want that. We may be there just honestly, I think we'll just be rejoicing and worshiping him. And so in this time though, where we live in this world and it is dark and it is hard and there are things that just don't make sense. I started to reflect on a few things. I started to reflect on first, how God of the Old Testament is often seen as the God of wrath, right? But of the New Testament, and this is the conversation I often have with my father-in-law, the God of the New Testament is God of love. He is love. I think of John chapter three, 
verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus holds the victory. God reveals himself through Jesus. He is a promise keeper. He fulfilled his promise through Jesus. He never changes. That is love. He is love. Because of Jesus's sacrifice, we can come directly to God. God is love. He loved us so much. And so I dwell in that and and celebrate that and rejoice in that. And I think we all need to do that. And still there is evil. I don't like to even talk about this. You know, the word tells us this. The word tells us that still evil exists and the illnesses in this world demonstrate. I mean, when I think of it, it demonstrates the evil in this world. Satan is real. And I think of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I don't want to leave myself or my family or my loved ones vulnerable due to distractions either. That just makes me think of like the petty arguments and the things that I can get distracted by. I don't want to leave my family open susceptible. I want to continue to pray. I want to be kingdom-minded. I want my kids to see a relationship where, yes, we may not always agree. We may have moments of disagreements and we may have like even arguments, but I want in those times to show what love does. I want my kids to see that love is patient. It is kind. And what that looks like, it forgives. What does that look like? What does it look like to come together even when we are not seeing eye to eye and lean to God to help us come together? Because he brought us together as family, as a team. He's aligned our paths. And so we live in a fallen world where people misuse their free will. I was reflecting on how our relationship with God and how we can go directly to him and ask him if there is a component of this in our lives or in our suffering and how in the moments where you don't understand or in something we're facing, is there something that I am doing wrong, Lord? Show me. And how we can speak life and the power of God in Jesus's name over the attacks that come. Or when we find ourselves or a loved one under attack, Jesus holds the victory. So there's so much we don't understand, we won't understand. And I was really led to the idea of free will and how God gave us free will. There are you know, scriptures I think of, I mean, you can turn to the scriptures, some of them, maybe I'll just put this into a post, like Genesis chapter 3, verses 15 to 17, Deuteronomy 30, 19, Joshua 24, 15. God created humans with the freedom of will. God created all that is and all that God created is good. Before the fall in Genesis 1 to 2, Adam and Eve's disobedience, evil could be chosen, but it was not yet the reality. Freedom of will and choice even now brings me to topics like what do we choose to use our time with? I mean, it may seem like a simple thing in, in the grand scheme of things, right? But our time matters. What we spend our time with the words and the actions we spend our time doing, that really becomes a lifestyle and our habits. And so we all know what we should be doing or not be doing, or when we need to do less of something or more of something, but we decide if we listen or obey. And Sometimes something innocent can turn into something bigger if we're not careful. And so we have to pay attention to wherever God is leading us. With freedom of will, we can choose good and we can choose God. He won't force us. He will lovingly teach us through, but we have to be open to it. James chapter 1, verses 13 to 15, and then 17 to 18, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil 
nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. We are sinners. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23. And sin is a result of the fallen world we live in. Genesis 3, 17. Also, when I was praying about this, this whole topic of pain to purpose is a topic, you know, I've spoken about and I've written about, I've shared about. I was led to focus and reflect on the character of Jesus. So there's all this talk of the evil and I want to just bring it back to Jesus. Not evil. I want to bring back our focus to Jesus. When he first came, he came as the Lamb of God, right? Pre-cross. He didn't come to judge us, but he came to save us. And he will come again in the judgment of the world. But I, th- I think of the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over the creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. The character of God through Christ. I think about how we can gain more wisdom and clarity here. Of course, there's a lot that I can talk about here. I really want to reflect on and stand on who Jesus is and how he lived and how he lived. I want to stand on who Jesus is and how he lived because he was perfect. And so when we think about how he lived and how he chose to walk in this hard world, he faced things that we face. But how did he live? Jesus healed the sick. He did not bring about their illness. Jesus set prisoners free. He did not imprison. Jesus restored our messes and brokenness. He did not cripple or break more. Jesus walked seeking to love and meet people where they were in their situations and in their pain, in their brokenness. He did not seek power. He did not seek power. He stood in God's power and truth. I mean, think of how he entered Jerusalem on a donkey. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 and 2. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Sure, his second coming will be different. But today I am reminded once again of Jesus in human form and how he humbled himself and went to the cross for us. He died and rose again so we can have eternal life. He devoted his life to healing and liberating people. I don't know why some people are not healed. I don't know why people I love are not healed and why they're suffering. I don't know why our world was created to even allow much suffering and so much evil. But we do live in a fallen world. Still, through it all, we can see through the lens of Christ. We can see our God of the gospels. He heals. He walks with us through the valleys. Psalm 23, verse four. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. He calls us not to fear, but to trust. He calls us to love. He is love. 
He is always by our sides, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Isaiah 53, verse 5. I think of the scars of Jesus, of his suffering for us, and how it is a reflection of how God sees, he knows, and he cares about us. And that's why he creates purpose from pain in this world, because he loves us. He creates purpose from some of the most, in my life, the things that have been so hard have poured out such love and purpose. And I would never, ever, ever have been able to, I would never be where I am right now if I didn't walk through those things. And I pray for protection. I pray for healing. I believe that we can step into the power that Jesus has given us, that we can pray in the name of Jesus and we can believe for healing still. We can believe that God is working. We can know and pray and believe and know and trust he is working. Good comes from God. Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. James chapter 1 again, verses 16 to 18. So all that stuff that comes at us, that's not good. God does not cause it, but he is ultimately the one who heals it. Even if it's not here, but in eternity, in the meantime, we can love God. We can love others. We can pray and believe and ask God to heal. We can stay firm on his truth of his word, and we can continue to pray. Pray until we see something happen. We must never give up hope because we can't give up hope when our hope is in Jesus. It is anchored in Jesus. And so we trust our loving God because he is love. God is love. We can pray over our lives and families. We can repent when we need to. We can stand in hope even through the hard because our hope is anchored in Jesus. Back to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Sometimes we are so blessed to see how God turns the bad things into good. He is sovereign. He is good. And he is love. And so today I pray that this encouraged you. And I just want to end with a prayer. Dear God, you are love. There is so much we don't understand. Help us. I lift up anything we are walking through right now that is heavy, that is hard, the suffering, the pain, the healing that we need, I lift it up to you. Whatever it is, I ask that you bring healing. I ask that you bring comfort. I ask that you bring strength. Fill us with your strength. Fill us with your love that we can just lean into you through all the stuff that we do not understand. May we trust in you and have faith in you. And may we trust your trust your faithful character because you never change and you know what is best. May we lean into you and may we use our freedom of will to make the choices that you put before us. May we not get distracted by the things that are not from you, but instead walk in everything that you have from us and and for us. I thank you. I thank you for the lives of those who are listening. I thank you that you are love. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you. I just thank you for every good and perfect gift is from you. And I thank you. And may we walk in that. May we walk in your love and truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of a Messy House podcast. And thank you even more for being here. Be sure to visit theartofamessyhouse.com to join the conversation. 
subscribe there for weekly devotionals and discover some fantastic bonus resources as well. And while that's all for this episode, I hope that you'll follow along and always remember, most importantly, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are known. So until next time, God bless.